0: Welcome to Get Up In The Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Albin Ekman. We recorded this via Skype recently, and I recorded my musical parts afterwards. I want to thank Get Up In The Cool's newest Patreon supporter, Ryan Carlton. Thank you so much. Your support means a lot. If anyone else wants to support the show, you can sign up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool, which is linked in the show notes. One of the rewards you can choose for donating is the weekly secret bonus track podcast where my guests and I play an extra tune or song. I added this week's bonus track to the end of the episode so you can see what kind of stuff you're missing every week. Also, this week's bonus track is germane to current events, and I didn't want it to be behind the paywall. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with this week's guest. Here's my interview and jam with Albin Ekman. Enjoy. Enjoy. Nice. Alvin Eckman, welcome to Get Up In The Cool.
1: Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks yeah. for having me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nice Nice to have you. I I was hoping to meet you in person. Uh, yeah. Like, was weren't you supposed to have a sort of a U.S. old-time music pilgrimage or something this year? Well, yes.
1: Uh, I was actually supposed to be... Um, I was uh, I was supposed to be coming home from America right now. Yeah. Because my band Happy Heartaches, we managed to win a bluegrass competition That's in Sweden right. last summer and we won a trip to DelFest. Uh wow. but then some stuff happened and yeah. we had to stay home. It was it was really oh uh, it was really stressful cuz cause, cause, um we were supposed to leave for Delfest the fifteenth of May, yeah. and the thir- and the thirteenth of March, the official order came that like it's forbidden to travel into the United States for anyone yes. that's not American. And we started crapping ourselves and was like, okay, it's only for thirty days. We might make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and oh, how wrong you can be. No. Yeah. So yeah. So that whole thing is hopefully just postponed until next year.
0: Yeah, I guess you haven't gotten an official answer about whether uh wh- whether like you'll get to like play at Delfest or something or Well, we're not sure. Like we're
1: hoping. Like there's there's just so many things that need to align Cause, like I mean touring to begin with is a hassle. Like there's a lot of stuff yes. to do. And then touring internationally is an additional hassle, and then touring in America if you're not from or touring the United States, if you're not from there, is an even worse of a hassle. Like we it's make really, it
0: really, really hard. Yeah, like, you e- do even even for white people to try yeah, to do it. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's don't, hard. Like,
1: like and you know it's it's really really tough. And like I tried to convince my bandmates to just go to Canada instead because they're like really <laughs> really cool about it. They're just like, yeah, bud, come over. Let's play <laughs> yeah, some <bud>. <laughs> tunes.
2: <laughs> you
1: know. Um, but so you, know, you know, but like most of that's probably gonna work out fine. It's just like we don't know what dates it's gonna be next year and like only me have gotten money back for my plane ticket and you know we you know, fingers crossed and, and you know, all of that. Yeah. But um hopefully we'll get to play Delfast next year.
0: Yeah, I hope so too. Uh for just for you specifically and for your band, but also for the implications of what that would mean for the world. <laughs> <laughs> like it would be a good sign if you're playing Delfest next year. Yeah.
1: Well, like if if we want something cheery, like today I talked to my Danish friend and they went pretty hard pretty early with the lockdown. Yeah. And they are they are slowly opening up and t- as of today there's only sixteen one six uh intensive care patients and like there's wow. been like four days without any new additional deaths. Wow. So they've really, you know, stomped the curve down, and it looks like
0: it really happened. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, uh, the U.S. is slowly opening up as well. Yeah. (laughs) But with very very different results, unfortunately.
1: Oh, man. It's Uh. like, it's it's so weird because, like, i mean sweden has had a really weird response to this thing too like it's just like much calmer than the states i guess we're we're like we've barely locked down at all like we've like we've locked down like universities and a lot of jobs like big offices and factories and stuff shut down but like high schools are working as normal and and middle schools and daycare and stuff um And basically just like, they're just recommending that everyone, you know, enforces uh, social distancing. But like, it's pretty much business as usual. And like, we like, if you look at the numbers, we do have like the highest death count per capita in the world. Yeah. But wow. what they're saying is that, well, the thing is that it's going to even out anyway. We just like, we have a spike earlier than anyone else, but you know it's just really weird we're just every it just feels like everyone's guessing at the end of the day
0: right and uh i mean my impression is that sweden has like a pretty good healthcare system so oh, it's yeah. like hypothetically <laughs> i i'm sure that y- y'all played that into account when you made the decision early on to like <laughs> uh you know to to do To have it be recommendation-based as opposed to mandates.
1: For sure. And the funny thing, too, though, is that while we do have a very, like, excellent socialized healthcare system, we also haven't been in a war for 150 years. And that means that that we have the fewest intensive care beds per capita in the entire European Union. Because like we've never had the thing where suddenly thousands of soldiers like right. with missing limbs are coming back and needs intensive care. And that also means that we just we don't have martial law here. Like right. there there are very few political tools for the government to just go like, okay, these are new rules you have to follow them right now. Like it's it's like judicially impossible to enforce a lockdown as like as it is right now there are some you know they, they had to pass some sort of extra um uh swedish word is undantogs tillstånd um some temporary rules or whatever sure um but basically it's just like it's it's really really hard to actually like impose new laws
0: yeah. I mean, over here, it's like, I mean, people on all sides of, you know, this issue are like, <laughs> they're afraid of like a Senator Palpatine becoming an emperor kind of situation, <laughs> like one way or the other, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. it's like that level of just sort of panic. Um, but I, they, yeah, the idea of, you know, weathering that kind of, um, weathering that kind of event in, in a state where people have, uh, my impression is a basic sense of kind of cooperation and collaboration mm. and, uh, actually trust their government and have reason to, um, yes. man, that, that sure sounds nice. Yeah. I mean, like
1: I played my first honest to God gig the other week and it was like, it was kind of strange because it was in a bar and it was like, 7 feet between all the tables and yeah. none none of the like none of the groups were more than 4 people and it was tiny and we also live streamed the whole thing but it was like it was for real though and we there was people there and we had yeah. like I don't know if you've played any live concerts, but like playing music into the void and not getting applause is like the eeriest fucking feeling. <laughs> like it's just it just feels so strange. And it was like it was like, you know, it was um like I mean, I was an avid smoker for many years, and I I've I quit now, which is great also because of coronavirus, but I can really remember, like, if I've taken a long break, and then I suddenly, like, oh, no, I need a smoke. Can I take yeah. one after a long break? It was that feeling, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, this is what dopamine is.
0: <laughs> ah, that's, a, that's a lovely metaphor. I, <laughs> I'm not a smoker, but I can relate in other another there's a lot of metaphors you could make yes <laughs> one could make for, sure. for that don't smoke kids um so speaking of speaking of gigs speaking of music you just played a very lovely tune mm. uh what 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 was that tune
1: that tune is called handlarms waltz uh, which translates loosely to the shopkeeper's waltz Shopkeeper's it's a new waltz yes it's a new tune it's written by one of my favorite Swedish fiddlers called Jonas Ökerlund. Uh He says hi, by the way. I wrote him a message to make sure it was cool that I played it for the show. Oh, wonderful. And, Thanks. And, <laughs> and, he, and he was very uh, humbled and happy about it. Oh, uh, excellent. Yeah. He wrote that f- for a friend of his that usually stands. And um, he has like a, a, a little thing where he sells like lentil stew and T-shirts at a festival in Sweden called Korre. Um and they what a great combination yes uh, and uh, they they've become great friends and for his 60th birthday Jonas wrote him this tune and uh, I learned it from him when I was studying uh, Swedish folk music at a school in southern of Sweden called Skirup. and it's just one of those tunes where like you know like when you're studying folk music you learn like. 25 tunes a week and a lot of them just sort of rot away in some voice memo (laughs) app but some of them you just don't you never have to go back to listen to the tune because it just sticks to you you know and this is one of those i think it's really really beautiful
0: yeah i uh you know i'm these tunes are very new to me but i can very immediately just like sing it back in my head in in a way that you know I have to learn I have to temporarily learn so many tunes for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very temporary. And it's usually like I learn it sort of in my fingers. Yeah and then I like I but I couldn't sing it back even right after I played often. No. But like this tune is like da 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 You know, like it's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so lovely. And it's like and, and like the mind is so weird sometimes because
1: like like I'll I'll have experiences like I'll remember a tune By, like, I'll remember the name of the tune and what kind of tune it was, and who taught it to me, and where they taught it to me, and what I was drinking at the time when I (laughs) learned it, and what key it is in, and what and all that. But I cannot remember the tune to save my life. (laughs)
0: I have this experience all the time where I'll remember a tune title and I'll remember that I like it and I'll be yeah. like, Hey, does anyone play uh, this tune? And they'll be like, no, can you start it? And I go, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's like kind of oh, embarrassing. Man. Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. I've, I have that too. Like,
1: especially in old time jams. Cause like, i uh, when it comes to old time, I've learned most of my tunes from just jamming with the same people over and over again. And I never hear them call a tune by name. Just like, do you know this one? And they're like, oh yeah, that one, you know? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, w- let, let's play another tune. What do you yeah. want to play next? And then I want to ask you about how you got into playing music and the standard yeah. get up and the cool questions. Do you want to, do you want to play some old time music? Yes. Let's play. Let's play "Chastened Satan." Yeah, where did you where did you get this
1: one? Oh, I got this. Yeah, I heard it first from a record with Reese Jones and Christina Wheeler. Cool.
0: It's a, yeah, it's a lovely tune, and uh, yeah, it's we've done it on the show once. Um, yeah, I think I heard that but, episode as well. And and she was uh, Pinka Jane Schlefsky was talking about how um, her like Slavic. Uh, Heritage, like how it just like meshed really nicely with their relationship with Satan, where you sort of bully <laughs> Satan. I was wondering if there is any sort of that kind of relationship in, in Swedish uh mythology
1: not necessarily that I can think of. We mostly get beat up by Satan over here in gotcha older and and uh uh more like uh, uh what's the word enchanted with him or her or them. In yes. different forms i'll tell you more about that later if you
0: want please please <laughs> tell me let's talk about satan after this one let's <laughs> all right uh ready when you are mm.
3: The ash like short bread, and I'm gonna wear that sorry crown over there. Over there, over there, I'm gonna wear that sorry crown over there. For I got no skillet and I got no lid, but the ash piece like short and bread, and I'm gonna wear that sorry crown over
0: Awesome. Uh we did it. <laughs> we we did. beat up Satan. We did. Yeah, we won a jump. With a uh, two by four. Yes.
1: <laughs> I've had to explain to so many of my Swedish friends what a two by four is, because most of them like both like we use metrics so it doesn't make sense. Right. And uh yeah, we just we, we call big blocks of wood different things over here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How will we ever get along? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> With the differences between us. Oh. <laughs> Only the power of music.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And Skype. We are crushing the social distancing right now, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um... When, when did you first get into playing old-time music? Um... I guess um
1: American old time music I, I came in contact with it a couple of times at a Swedish sort of fiddlers convention or as we call them Spelmans um, stemma in De Geberja in the south of Sweden where I'm from and that was like my first my first sort of festival that I ever went to and hmm. it changed. Uh, I was let's see, f- f- I must have been sixteen, I think. Okay. Uh, my older sibling, because uh, I, I I played I've I've played fiddle since I was you know a, a kid, uh, and you know did you start with Swedish music? Then n- some and some not. Like I had some sort of weird, like just Suzuki slash sure. pe- people just trying their best method hybrid whatever uh, so there was some Suzuki methods some Swedish tunes some just playing in small like chamber ensembles um, and you know my my parents are both musicians so they really you know encouraged me to do it but they were never really sort of you know hardcore about it um but I I really found like I think a combination of two things made me really love playing fiddle it was um I lived in Bowling Green Ohio for a year when I was 15. Mm. my mother started uh did work at the university there for a year so i went over and i did freshman year in american high school and i did string orchestra and that was that was really different from what i've been doing before because it was like an hour a day five days a week and like if you play the violin for an hour a day five days a week you get better whether you want to or not yeah (laughs) so like i i climbed some technical humps that i probably wouldn't have otherwise yeah. So when I got home and I reconnected with um uh some some friends of my older sibling, they noticed that like, hey, you can pick up tunes now, you should come with us to this festival or whatever and it was like, you know, you're you're young and independent and, and like finding your own legs and stuff, and it was just so amazing finding people playing music for just fun and yeah. as a social thing and not just chore, you know? Yes. And and I can't remember what year, but at some point there was like a, a group of people playing uh, bluegrass and old time music at that festival, uh, and and to this day there's like there's a pretty big old time bluegrass presence at that at that festival, even though it's like mainly Swedish and southern Swedish music. Um,
0: but that's when I first came in contact with it. Right on. Um, yeah. And so you weren't specifically playing Swedish music before then either. Did you also were you also exposed to Swedish music and Swedish fiddling at that time?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like i i have I have like some memories of of my um, of my fiddle teacher. Like like when we've tried to play like one of those Bartok duos for the umpteenth time and I've never practiced. He's like, "Oh, I'll just give you something more fun," and she'll. She like played me a polska or whatever, and it was just like this. Like it just sort of it. It didn't go like it. It it just bypassed my ears and went straight to my heart. Yeah. But it was like I was too young to process that feeling. So it was like this. Right. This feels weird. But like n- like afterwards, like I really understand that. Like man, that was really formative to hear to hear that music at a young age and like being able to sort of make the sounds. Um. And then, uh, I guess what really what really caught me on as well was the dancing. Mm. Um, because we have, like, it's mainly couples dancing, but we also have, like, square dance stuff. Yeah. Uh, that we do, all tied to different tune types. And it's, like, it's not very challenging physically, so you can get into it really quickly. And it's just a super good way to meet people.
0: Um, are, are people in general, like, or... You were doing this as, uh, you know, as, as an adolescent as an adolescent. Are people in general in Sweden like interested in traditional music? Like, w- do people like it? Um, not really. I mean, like, it's it's and dance.
1: Yeah, it, it's it it's back, and you know, it's it's um, it's hit hit or miss. Like, it's from year to year almost. Uh, depending on where you are. I mean, I live in Gothenburg. Which is the second biggest city in Sweden, and I think oh, I think it's like five hundred thousand people that lives here or something. So there are like a pretty decent music scene, and I mean, some years we put on like a dance evening every week at a place, and we'll have like a hundred people every night and like new faces every time and everybody loves it. And then suddenly two years afterwards, just nobody arrives. It's really like the core people of course are very interested, but there's no, there's really no like mainstream or pop culture. Sure. Um, appreciation for it. I would like from, from what I've gathered, I, I guess like if you would just talk percentiles, I would say that like, um, it's, it's slightly, it it's, it's, uh, it's not as big as bluegrass is in the States, but it's maybe a little bigger than old time is in the States, like somewhere in between there. Gotcha. If gotcha. that makes sense. Yeah.
0: In, in that sweet spot.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hmm. So you were sort of simultaneously, um, falling in love with traditional dance in Sweden and fiddle music. Yeah. And, uh, other traditions as well kind of yeah like it all kind of coalesced at this festival
1: for for sure i mean like and in, in every festival you go to which seems to be um the same for most folk festivals everywhere in europe and and the states like there there always be someone doing something different than the local tradition yes. like so like the more festivals i went to the more um the more traditions I was exposed to. And, like, every time I found something new, I was like, wow, this is the cool stuff. And, like, I would (laughs) sort of start scratching at the surface and I would realize, oh, man, there's a lot here. I'm gonna know, you know? Because I've, like, it always feels like every time you find something new and you learn two tunes, you feel like, I know everything about this. And then you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then you meet someone who actually knows something, and you go, "I know nothing about this." And then you just, <laughs> you know, and and there's there's just so many humps to get over, you know. So I've like dabbled in like Irish and Scottish and Quebecois and um, Bulgarian and and all that stuff. But like, and it feels really cool to have sort of you know gotten some 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 nuggets from all of those traditions but like swedish music and old time and bluegrass is where i feel that i've actually put some work in hmm. um especially after i i did uh i'm on i just finished my second year of a world music bachelor at the U- oh, university wonderful. of gothenburg yeah and then before that i did two years of um which is almost like a community college but kind of not um and that was straight Swedish folk music.
0: Yeah, right on. Yeah. Well, play me another Swedish tune. Oh, I'd love
1: to. Do you want to hear something really spooky? Yes. Yeah. I'll play you a Polska on the viola, which is after Axel Sundström in Västergötland.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I do not think I'm going to be joining you for this one.
1: Oh, <laughs> <I'll, laughs> that's, that's fine. Yeah. I'll go about I'll, I'll it. Yeah, this by will now. be
0: a solo.
2: Yeah. <laughs> What is?
0: I have a lot of questions. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but is first of all, what's going on there rhythmically? What time signature is that in? And then, to what extent are you playing something that could be transcribed? I really just don't have the vocabulary yeah. to.
1: Okay. Unpack that. Uh, You're strapped in. I'm strapped in. So this in. is. <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack here. So this is a polska. Um, There are many types of Polska, but what generally, like all Polskas are like a three. Um, Okay. Like, and sometimes you just count it like one, two, three, one, two, three, but usually it's like really heavy on the one and the three. So it's one, two, three, one, two, three. And now this particular one is subdivided by triplets. So okay. on on every beat there is a triplet. So you go duck da 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 duck one two three one two three. Although on almost all of the bars, the two does not come on the fourth triplet, it comes on the third triplet. So it goes one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. So. on every bar but the last bar of the phrase. Wow. So, so it would like, um, for example, a full, a, a full uh, like phrase would be something like. <laughs>
3: if that makes... So, so that's
1: that's <laughs> what's what's going down. and then also... <laughs> like. The thing is, if you would play it like that metrically, it would not sound like it does when I'm playing it. Because, um, like, you pull some things and you push some together and it's this really sort of living thing. There's a and pocket. Yeah, for sure. There's a pocket. And generally, like, what, what usually sort of drives my flow within the time is whatever the dancers are doing. Like, if I play for a dance floor where I feel like, okay, this is a really light dance floor. They're all really jumpy and floaty. Like, I'll tend to, like, give the two more emphasis. It's a really quick one. Like, a one, two, three, two, go. While, like, if if it's a big, crowded, sort of pre-corona dance floor with, like, everyone's shoulder to shoulder, it'll be a little slower. But... Like, as long as... Because, like, the dance is... You walk on the one and the three. So, like, you start with the left leg on the one and then the th- uh, the right leg on the three and then left against so is, like, left, right, left, right, Gotcha. Left. And then there's all sort of spinning and stuff. So, like, as long as, like, you've got the one and the three really established... Um and like there is information of where the two is. Yeah. You can do pretty much whatever you want rhythmically. interesting.
0: And now, what about the like the what would an ensemble playing this look like, and how much freedom do you have when you're playing with other people?
1: Well, um an ensemble playing this could look however, like um the the instrument you like a, an instrument that you would think you would see a lot but usually don't are percussion instruments. Uh, Because there is no tradition for percussion instruments in Swedish folk music, because an old king called Gustav Gustav Vossa made them illegal for, like, 150 years. (laughs) Because he was, like, I think it was something with, like, he wanted, like, the only music that was allowed to have percussion instruments was uh, military music, because he wanted them to be really menacing. So, like, you can't have peasants walking around with drums, because that will, like, take Take away away from the menacing nature of our war... (laughs) Uh, you know something like that um so but but like of course in later years people have you know started bringing cajones everywhere which is great yes uh (laughs) uh, but but, so like that's the funny thing though that like there aren't any drums to convey this rhythmical information to a dance floor like it's all from the melody so like you can like you can see just like five fiddlers playing for dance you can see like one fiddler and two guitars and a bass player like it's it's basically whatever you make work and then of course like for it to work with this sort of um really free flowing uh, like non-metric music or it's metric of course but like free flowing music you just need musicians that really know each other and and really knows the tunes. I mean like what really made it make sense for me was learning the dance as well. Yes. Like like I can hear like I can pretty clearly sometimes hear someone playing a tune like, oh yeah. I mean they're playing the notes and they're playing the correct note values, but they've never danced to this tune. Yeah. Like at four in the morning. At a festival, like they don't, they don't have that in them and they would have to do it once and they would get it. Right. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I like that idea of having like, okay, we have a strict one and three, but like anything else, anything else in there is just like, go for it. (laughs) Like explore, explore the infinite space in between those beats for That's sure cool. it's 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 really great and it's like it, it,
1: it's, it's like i've had really cool experiences with like if you have a really small dance floor with like people you mostly know and you start off a tune and you do a couple of rounds and you get more comfortable and then you get more and more freaky with it and then you make sure that like okay i like do i have them do i have them and then you see them drifting away and you can sort of pull it back and like it's a real conversation yeah. between the person playing and the people dancing and it's it's just my favorite thing because that's that's what folk music is for me like it's functional music like you play it yeah. for a reason like it's not just entertainment or or leisure like you play this because people are dancing yeah. and if if they're not there it's not the same music anymore
0: yeah i i like the i mean obviously the lines are blurry but i like the concept of of a dichotomy of art versus craft. Mm-hmm. Um, and in general, I really like craft, you know? It's like, I like creative expression that has some sort of purpose. I love to mm-hmm. cook. I love dance music. Um, and this is like a funny like example, but I was talking with Charlie Walden on the show a long time ago, and he was... <laughs> Oh, I, was, I
1: I love his episodes. He's, he's the, like best. the He's the best dude. Really <laughs> I really want to do something.
0: I should contact him to do a, a remote episode. He would probably yeah. be actually pretty down for doing that. Uh, for sure. But uh, he, he was saying in, like, one of his episodes that, like, you know, or maybe it was just in a conversation. I can't remember. Um, but he was saying that, like, I don't know, somewhere in the Yukon or in Canada or something, like, where these, like, you know, it'd be, like, a two men, you know, like, ice fishing, you know, for a whole, like, season. And they'd be just isolated in the cabin together. And it's like, well, yeah. Like, he's like, they're either going to, like, learn tunes and play them and sing them together, or they're going mm-hmm. to have sex. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like... It's like even that, like there's a function, you know. Like see, you know, it's like we wanna keep this boundary, but we need to have some sort of like way to connect before like um this like goes somewhere that maybe we're not ready for it to you, know? you know? And I was just like uh and in general, yeah, I I'm just like I, I like music that has some sort of some sort of function, even if it's not for a dance, but it's just like Alright, um we're digesting food and we're like relaxing. We need something to be doing, you know? And, oh yeah. Um and like, something let to entertain us. You,
1: Like one thing that we have in Sweden that like you don't have nearly enough of in 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 the States are like really short, effective drinking songs. Yeah. Um like um I'm trying to. I'm trying if I have one off the top of my head that would also translate nicely. Um, um, mm,
0: mm. I would also accept one that uh, translates poorly because I think that would be entertaining (laughs) as well. Okay.
1: Well then. uh, Okay. Oh yes. So so like you you have, and and usually like there's there's like witty lyrics on the same melody over and over. So like for all your Swedish lyrics, uh, for all your Swedish listeners, here's uh, one that goes. Det bränner i strupen när snapsen är tagen men sen gör den nytta först nere i magen så därför jag svänger min brännvinskaraff och gläds att jag inte blev född till giraff <laughs> And that basically translates to it burns in my throat when i take a shot of liquor Great. Uh, but it doesn't do me good until it's in my stomach so that's why i raise my glass and say cheers that i wasn't born a giraffe
0: yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> that's a lov- lovely drinking song, and that translates perfectly. Yes, there's no, it's, yeah. It's yeah, not high context at all. No, yeah, and like you have to we know have, what a draft is. That's it. Oh yeah,
1: and like I've had many, many good, just sort of like hangouts with with friends where all we do is just sing these songs, um, yeah, and get really, really, really plastered.
0: <laughs> yeah, and th- there's a function there too. It's like oh, yeah. um, if you're <clears throat> drinking a bunch. You, you gotta find a way to, like, keep your spirits up or else you're, you're gonna get sad. <laughs> yeah, or, like, you gotta, like, you
1: can't just drink
0: all the time. You gotta take breaks and sing. <laughs> Otherwise, yes. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah I, yeah, I really have enjoyed, um, at festivals... I, like, grew up as, like, a fairly conservative Christian. And, mm-hmm. like, I didn't have a lot of, uh, inebriating experiences until, um... Really until I started playing old-time music. Yeah. Um... And I really appreciated the the synergistic effect of playing music all night and doing some sort of substance in relative moderation. But it's like, it never, you know, it very seldom ever goes too far. Um, no. <laughs> or Because you're trying to keep something going. Um, as opposed to trying to like escape something else, you know?
1: Oh yeah. And like, and since all the festivals, like the festivals we go to as folk musicians, like most people there are participating and they're not just there to just sort of like, like they're going to set up a lawn chair and sit on the same spot all day with like two kegs of beer and get fucked and then go, go to bed. But also like. Like, it's really easy to pace yourself if your hands are busy for, like, yes. six minutes at a time. Because, <laughs> like, you drink half a beer and then someone like, oh, let's play uh, Road to Malvern And then you play that for six minutes and the beer can have, you know, a time to digest. And you can really yes. feel like, you know, like, can my body handle another one? And then you keep going. So, like, you know, it's, it's, it's healthy to play folk music, I think.
0: Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Well, um... How about how about you play me another play me another song, play me another tune
1: I would love what, to what do you let's want to do do, next. Let's do a cheer one. Let's do the the Cadrilli after Lawrence Berlin.
0: Um, Isn't it the it, best? It's awesome. It really feels like an old time tune. Yeah. Um, until that fourth part. Yeah. And then it's like, hold on, wait, what? <laughs> Where like are we what? going? <laughs> right. And I think, like,
1: <clears throat> to be fair, like, like probably, like, there's, there's probably some of my sort of old time influences, sort of like eating into this. Like everything's an amalgam or whatever. But. Yeah, but this is a this is a Swedish square dance tune. Like it's called a quadrille, um, or a quadrille, I think you would call it in, in English. Um, uh, and it's it's after a fiddler called Lorenz Brulin, who was a he was born in Sweden, but he was of, of uh, Romany descent. Gotcha. Uh, uh, what people would usually uh, use the g word for but we're not anymore appreciate Uh, that because it's a slur people need people need to learn that because they're throwing it around like it's going out of style um (laughs) but but yeah and he was he was a really really cool fiddler He, he uh um he lived in the like late part of the 1800s uh, and, and, like, the the quadrille is, like, a dance that doesn't really, like, it doesn't really get danced anymore because it needs a collar, just like Square okay. Dance does. And, like, it's been, like, a long time where no one really has known how to do it. Huh. And then, uh, Lawrence Boulin, he died in 1818. So, in 2018, he would have been... Like, it was, oh, I can't remember if it was, like, 300 years since he died, or if he would have been 300 years old if he lived. It was either, either or. Okay. <laughs> but, like, we had a big, uh, sort of, like, lorenz Berlin party at the Geberia, And there are uh, a couple of people in the south of Sweden right now, like, sort of single-handedly uh, making sure that there will be, like, a quadrille revolution. Oh, very good. Um, and like they're like, cause like we have like formation dances with like four people and stuff, but like we're not used to callers. Yeah. Um, and, and some people get really, really confused at the concept of a color, but they're doing a lot of fun stuff with it. Like they wear like glitter clothing and then they bring a whole bunch of helium balloons. Okay. And like, make sure like, okay, take your color and then give the same color to your partner and then make sure that you can spot each <laughs> other on the dance floor. And if you lose your balloon, you, you're out. So it's like Mario Kart. And then the last person <laughs> left is a winner. You know, it's it's oh, yes. it's beautiful. Every Everybody needs uh, some balloon quadrille in their life.
0: Balloon quadrille? Yeah, that sounds delightful. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> um. Here. <laughs> What's good? <laughs> good that's, <different> ringtone there.
1: <laughs> that's my ringtone. It's actually uh, a sort of eight-bit version of a very, very fe- famous Swedish walking tune. So, like, like if if you if you hear that ringtone around non folkies they go like, "Oh, is that Super Mario or whatever?" And then, yeah. like, as, as when you're around Focus, they're like, "Oh, oh, oh, is that is that Eppelbu?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's Eppelbu." <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm such an insufferable dweeb, <laughs> you know?
0: Aren't we all? Yes. Yeah. Indeed. So um, let's talk about Happy Heartaches. How long? How long have, have you all been together? Do you all call yourselves that uh, in Sweden, or do you oh, just translate oh, yeah. that for the rest of us? No, no, no.
1: Like we, okay. we're Happy Heartaches in, in Sweden for sure. Great. Um, like it makes sense because like we sing mostly in English and it's American music. So um, and you know, um, but yeah, we've been a band for almost two years. Um, I was in a band before with uh, the banjo player, a banjo slash mandolin player of Happy Heartaches. Uh, her name is Alicia Yardin, and we had a band with some former guests of yours. Oh, uh, Erling Bronsberry and Agnes Broggeby. We had Friendly Neighborhood oh, String great. Band. Yes. Uh, which was a real fun sort of seven-piece old-time party folk punk extravaganza <laughs> uh, but uh, you know I like bands that can fit into a station wagon so sure we made, <laughs> we made a new one um, so, and yeah and like I'd I know I'd known um, uh, Max and Brita the third and fourth members uh, there are a couple and like I've met them at places like Degeberga for years and Um, and basically like me and Max, we sort of started our like real, like, like we've, we had known about old time and bluegrass for a long time and played it some and then unbeknownst to each other, we started our journey into being serious about it at the same time. Yeah. Like, I met two Americans named Patrick Gunning and Amy Hawkinson, or, um, uh, Yeah, pre- previous guest. I met them when they were in Sweden, and we started Wonderful. hanging out. And they really put me on track to really get serious about uh, bluegrass and old time music. And Max bought his first really nice and expensive guitar, which makes it fun to practice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so then a couple of years later, yeah, at uh, the festival Grenna Bluegrass Festival that we won the, comp- the band competition of last year, we met there in 2018 and sort of made our band. And it's been really great. We have so much fun. And it's really you know, like we arrange things in a bluegrass fashion, but there's clawhammer banjo and like my fiddle style I guess is sort of in between. Um, and I've had both I've had a bluegrass fan say like i usually don't like old time but you guys are all right and then i've had an old time person go like i usually don't like bluegrass (laughs) but you guys are fine and that's like yes you know that's exactly where i want to be yeah Mm. (laughs) yeah and we uh... are releasing our record uh this saturday
0: oh this saturday wonderful
1: yeah our first ep uh, so yeah, that's gonna be the thirtieth
0: of May. I'm guessing you're not gonna have this out by then, but like, no, but uh, it'll be it'll be linked in the. You can go listen now if you're listening oh, to this. Yeah, great. Uh, what's on what's on the EP? Um,
1: let's see, it's a couple of original tunes. Um, uh, there's a tune from Max and Brita called "Over There." That they wrote specifically for the competitions. they are like, we need a song about wanting to go to the states. Uh, so, they're, so they wrote one that's sort sort of this sort of like uh, doe eyed naive, uh, um, like uh, lovely version about how how much Swedes love America and how everything is perfect there, and <laughs> the milkshakes are really big. Um, <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, and then that sounds like another... how a lot of Americans feel about America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. For Died sure. and naive. <laughs> Willfully obtuse. Yeah. Except no, for her her. with zero irony. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And then there's uh, Alicia is really... Uh, she's, she's going hard on establishing the genre gay grass. She writes a lot of like love songs about other, other ladies. Wonderful. There's, there's a song about Annie which is called Annie on My Mind, which is like a sort of pseudo-Cajun banger, which is great. And then there's some other, you know, like we do Ivan endured 99 yeah. Years, uh, Mama Tried, and Merle Haggard tune, you know? It's like, great. like, sometimes I feel really scared about, like, you know, material choice, because, like, you never know when someone's going to come around a corner and be like, no, you can't play this tune because reasons. And right. <laughs> other, but other days I feel like like being a Swede I'm like really sort of free from a lot of the sort of just like stigma of some tunes. Like for example, I went to uh, I, I went to Grey Fox Bluegrass Festival in 2015. Mm. And do you know Rushad Eggleston?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm like, I'm I don't a know huge, him
0: personally. I would yeah, like to.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, would you ever? Like, I love the guy. Like, he's amazing. Yeah. And I'm such a huge fan. And, like, I'd never met him before. And then I saw his solo show. And afterwards, um, like, he came down. I, I just sort of, sort of gave him a hug. And I fanboyed out for a while. I was like, great. I'll see you later. And he runs away. And then randomly, like, in the middle of the night, he's just sort of wandering around with his cello. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of, you know, go up to him and we start talking. I'm like, hey, man, do you want to get your cello out? We can play some tunes. He's like, oh, you know, not really. I'm, you know, I just said no to a couple of people. And then my friend Patrick shows up and we sort of prod at him for a while. Yeah. Until he goes like, okay, fine. I will guess I'll play some tunes. And then he picks up the cello and he goes specifically to me. And he's like, so what do you want to play? And I go, like, do you want to do Arkansas Traveler? Yeah. And I just have no idea that that makes me feel like, that makes me look like such a dork. Sure. (laughs) Because, like, like, I learned that tune, like, two days ago. I'm like, that tune is fucking sweet. And he's like, really? You want to do that (laughs) out of all tunes?
0: So, like, That's the tune that I, Alvin Ekman, want to play with you, Rashad Eggleston. (laughs) I've been dreaming of this moment. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And like, you know, but like, but it all turned out nice. And we played a couple of tunes and we, we improvised a song about his fuzzy shoulder strap for his cello. And it was, it was great. great. And, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's such a character. I love the guy, but like, I was truly that oblivious to like Arkansas traveler, not being like a banger. I was,
0: you know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Uh, well, have you since learned some other versions of arkansas traveler that are like uh um that 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 defy the chestnut um status of the tune well i i i i think i get it i i
1: i get how it's like I get I get what it is cuz like there are of course like so many tunes like that in Sweden too like there like at its core it's a terrific tune but like you've heard it every yeah. fiddle camp for every right. summer for your entire life and it's never been played with like dignity and groove it's always been played by like you know 6 year olds that that you know yeah that that butcher it you know but it's like like I, I have a lot of love for those tunes. Like I've, like, of course, like I've also, you know, looked side-eyed at, at someone calling a tune that's kind of dorky. But like, I also have been in jams where someone calls a dorky tune and they start playing it, and then like couple of rounds in, you're like but like this tune though
0: yeah it's it slaps
1: because because it usually does because like the reason tunes get that big it's like someone uh it's 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 impression of like oh like uh that uh, no one goes to that restaurant anymore it's always crowded right right you know it's it's that that kind of thing um So, you know, I think people should really dust off those tunes and play them with some dignity because there's there's always gold there.
0: Yeah. And a great way to go about that is to like if often if you go back and listen to whatever source, you know, like even if it's like the main source for the tune, you go back and Mm -hmm. listen, you're like, oh, this is what this is how it's kind of supposed to be played when you're not like listening to a festival kind of rounded off edges version. This is actually like almost like a whole new tune. And Mm -hmm. then on top of that, like, if you go, like, you know, type in Arkansas Traveler on Slippery Hill, there's, like, Mm. there's, like, a lot of versions. And a lot of them are really strange. Like, I think Mm. Harry Bullock has, like, a Mississippi version of Arkansas Traveler that's, like, one of the most inhospitable tunes uh, (laughs) that I've ever played. I think it was him that showed me it. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of, like, the Mississippi thing is, like, hey, you've heard you know, spotted pony or whatever, but have you heard Mississippi spotted pony? And it's like oh, <laughs>
2: this yeah. pony's
0: about to die <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> or whatever. I don't think there is That's a Mississippi great. spotted pony, but um it's it's usually, so- it sounds like there there is one. And then also yeah. like
1: you get you get to de- you you get to be that person in a jam as well where someone calls uh, spotted pony, and you go like, oh yeah, but only if it's the Mississippi version.
0: Yeah, <laughs> otherwise I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh, no, I I love a good chestnut. Yeah, I don't I don't get to play them very often. Like you said,
1: yeah, because I, <laughs> I, I, I can imagine like like me finding tunes. Like obviously, like uh, first I was like I wanted to do a bunch of old time tunes and a bunch of Swedish tunes, but all the old time tunes. I could think about like that i knew well enough and wanted to do i was like well like this must have been featured at the at the show like five times before and you don't want to be that guy who's like hey i'm swedish and i'm okay at all time or i could just play like the (laughs) swedish tunes i know really well and i can imagine for americans as well it must be like really dig out the really hard and
0: unknown tunes to
1: flex on
0: yeah you know (laughs) Yeah, uh, I was playing for, um, I was playing accompanying dances with Bach Bowie at uh, Earful of Fiddle. And -hmm. we were doing a dance class for Danielle Emblem, who's also been on the show. And she wanted us to do a jig. So I was like getting all excited. I'm like, and and Bach too, because I don't think he plays a lot of jigs. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: we were like, all right, like we learned an Irish jig. uh, And we're like, Danielle. Here's Lark in the morning. Like, aren't you excited that we're gonna play jig for you? And she's like, "Oh yeah, Lark in the morning, huh? Okay, cool. Yeah, I guess yeah. I guess we could do that." I was like, "God damn it! I worked so hard to like jig on clawhammer for you." That's, a, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly
1: my Rashad experience. Like, that's yeah. exactly that.
0: <laughs> oh man.
1: Yeah, we've
0: all had it. Yeah. Well, um, we got a couple tunes left. What do you? I mean, I guess the important question is, what tune do you want to end on? Um, and then let's not do that one next. Like, let's let's not end on something super sad, and let's
1: play the super sad one now. And I'll play you a solo Great. one in the viola, uh, and we'll do Faller dagen. Great.
2: Thank you.
0: i don't know how many parts there are i perceive there to be it, it does it go a a b b uh it goes like a a b b a a b b, and then there's a c
1: part and which doesn't really repeat and then there's gotcha. another a part
0: sounds like yeah. that time <laughs> yeah uh i like how the a part it just sort of i really don't know what's going on there it's just sort of floating and then the b part is like oh this now sounds like a uh like a hip hop song, <laughs> like like the beat drops and it's oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, here we go. Okay, oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, it's such a good tune.
0: Yeah, and you're so. Is it common to play um, Swedish music on the viola then, or are you doing um, that because it's like a nickel harpa adjacent kind of way um, of approaching it? What what's going on? Well,
1: um, I'm. The, mm, so th- this tune is written by a lady called Mia Marin. Um. Who is also my fiddle teacher at university, and she is amazing uh, by all her records. And also, uh, if I may plug some of her stuff, uh, please. She uh, at some point I'm not sure if she's going to have time to release it before this episode airs, but she's working on like an online fiddle course for Swedish music. Oh, and great. she's She's by far like the best sort of explainer of Swedish fiddle technique. That Great. I know, she's amazing. So uh, go there, uh, look for uh, Mia Marine. So M I A M A R I N E. Just Google it, and you'll find her stuff. Give her all of your money, and she will give you all of <laughs> this her. This is fiddle a cake. up. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> she's written this tune, um, and she plays a five string fiddle. So she has gotcha. a C string. Gotcha. And. And uh she taught me this tune when I was in a period of like um because I'm a big dude. Like I'm hundred and ninety-six centimeters, which makes me like six seven, I think. Are you really uh, six seven? I might be. Let's let's just make sure I'm not like <laughs> that's uh, that's really big. I had no idea. <laughs> uh 196 centimeters and feet and inches. Um I'm okay. I'm not six seven. I'm six feet and five and eleven sixty fourth inches. Okay, that's... but like, uh, but that, that's a big, it's a it's a big person to be playing the fiddle because the fiddles are small, and yeah, some <laughs> sometimes that makes my shoulders and arms hurt. Interesting. And, uh, but when I bought my peculiar looking fiddle, I also bought a peculiar looking viola, um, and, uh, I started like really because like, like you know I'm. You can you can buy a violin have it as a violin player, but like you really need to put some hours in to really make it sound good, and I I did. Yeah. And she taught me some tunes that are really centered around like being having that C string. Gotcha. Um, so, and and like five strings fidd- five string fiddles are are quite common. Um. And sometimes they have like a whole bunch of you know resonant strings and stuff, um. But yeah, I've really fallen in love with the viola. Uh, it gets a lot of crap
0: <laughs> from everyone, <laughs> but but like yeah, no, it's I a, really It's a like lovely it. instrument. It is for sure. Yeah, uh, one of the one of the loveliest um, but of jokes instruments. Yeah. <laughs> that, that one can play. For sure. Do you know the difference between a viola and a trampoline? Mm-mm. You, you
1: take your shoes off before you go on the trampoline.
0: <laughs> Very good. <laughs> well, we have one tune left um, yeah. to pick us back up after that. I mean, I wouldn't say I feel kind of pumped after that tune. I don't yeah. feel sad after that tune.
1: <laughs> well, uh, it, it's 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 about consoling someone after their son has committed suicide.
0: Jesus. Okay, so yeah, that is sad. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I, I think
1: like well that's that's fine. But yeah, it it is like a, a let's I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but if I like the the name for Engladagen kind of translates to the day the angels go to heaven or whatever yeah. and she wrote it to uh for I can't remember if it was a friend or a relative after someone had committed suicide and it was really sad but again it's with fun you know functional music like it's yeah like grieving is a process and um like it's it's really beautiful what 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 tunes can can do for your psyche when you're feeling really mm. bad like it's mm. it's what kept it's it's what's been keeping me going in this like weird yeah. quarantine time just like i need to make Make more music and make new friends like this, like this wouldn't have been a thing
0: if if uh, you know yeah, yeah so. it's one of, yeah, I'm glad that uh I was was forced to uh, take get up in the cool interviews online, and yeah. now this could happen. I mean yeah. I wanted to interview you in person at some point, and I will um, yeah. but uh, it's nice to talk to you now,
1: for sure, yeah, but yeah, let's end with a happy tune. Uh which one is oh I'm just gonna make sure which one do we have left? Oh, oh yeah An- Andreas uh, Dolgen slang Polska after Andreas Dolgen. This is um This is also a Polska, but it's one of those even ones where it's just like it's it's three beat but over sixteenth notes. So it's taka taka one, two, three, one, two, three. And uh cross tune fiddled. Um it's from Smewaland. I learned this from uh, Anders Levbäck. Hmm.
0: Thanks so much, Alvin. It's really lovely to talk to you. Uh, I've messaged. We've messaged back and forth a lot over the mm. last few years because you yeah. also listen to Think Outside the Box set. And there's yes. just such a like tiny sliver of of people <laughs> who listen to both of my podcasts. Um, and I often feel like I wouldn't be surprised if people who primarily listen to one and not the other. Like would be pretty turned off by me by like <laughs> like switching over, and it's always like really comforting for me to find someone who actually uh, appreciates both sides of me. Uh, oh yeah,
1: dude! Like so- I'm 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 here for it, and uh, you know it was like it's it's always it's this it's this weird thing too. Like I I think I've sent you the picture of like. There's this amazing meme, and now I'm doing this great radio thing where I'm explaining memes over radio. (laughs) No, it's fine. (laughs) But, like, there's there's a... it's the text is just like how it feels listening to podcasts and then it's just a guy sitting with a bowl of cereal like laughing at like a billboard of someone else eating cereal and it's this (laughs) and and it's this feeling of like i feel like i know you super well because like i've heard you tell stories about your kids for years and like yeah you just know that I'm, like, I'm a dude in Sweden and I have a fiddle. So, like, this... It feels good that we're sort of evening out this friendship a little bit. Yes,
0: reciprocating <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For I sure. I, I, I hope I get the chance to do the same thing with, like, the all the podcasts that I listen to. It's just like, oh, I wish I could, like, hang out with yeah. this person. So, But, I mean, yeah. that's the cool thing about old-time music especially is that, like, um, I know that if, you know, it, it's a lot of people who would like listen to get up in the cool uh it's like if we were to meet in person we would have something to do and something to talk about yeah <laughs> where you know and that's uh maybe what what separates uh like if i were to meet the people who host the podcast that i like i don't mm-hmm. i don't necessarily know what we would talk about and maybe we yeah. wouldn't have tunes to help it along so but uh <laughs> regardless it's yeah lovely and easy to talk to you
1: yeah same hope hope to do it more sometime
0: yes that would be lovely cool well let's uh, close out with this tune yeah Uh, I don't remember how you pronounced it Uh, slang polska is what it reads as
1: yeah and that's fine slang polska after Andreas Dahlgren Mm, slang polska and
0: that's fine (laughs) (laughs) thanks Alvin thanks Cameron We'll be right back. back. Make sure to like and follow happy heartache's facebook page it's full of live videos and links to their new ep you can also follow albin on instagram at fiddles underscore and underscore coffee one more thing mia marine mentioned in the show sorry for pronouncing her name that way has a new swedish fiddle instructional series coming soon at fiddleacademy.com. so keep an eye out you can support get up in the cool at patreon.com slash getupinthecool order a t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up In The Cool's Teespring store. Make sure to like and follow Get Up In The Cool on Facebook so you can see the video I posted from this episode and share it with the world. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional banjo series. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside The Box Set, mentioned in this week's episode. It's available in all the same places as Get Up In The Cool and everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.